Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 1, Episode 15, Red Handed. In the Enchanted Forest, Red and Snow seek to hunt down a killer wolf that is terrorizing Red's village. They discover that it is a werewolf and believe it to be Red's boyfriend, Peter. Granny soon reveals to Red and Snow that it is in fact Red who is the wolf, and the red cloak keeps her from turning, but not before she eats Peter. Red and Snow escape from the murderous villagers together. In Storybrooke, Ruby rebels against Granny's efforts to thrust more responsibility on her. She strikes out on her own and takes a job at the sheriff's station. She soon gets more than she bargained for when she finds a heart in a box by the toll bridge. While David exhibits strange behavior, it's Mary Margaret's fingerprints that are found on the box and Emma must arrest her. Roger, what'd you think of this episode? It's a good episode. Uh, an improvement from our previous episode, which I don't think either of us particularly cared for. I liked that this one had a good job of mirroring the flashback to what was going on in current day. I don't think it's a top five episode, but I think it's a good backstory episode. Like a solid one. I don't have any problems with it. It's kind of our first horror episode is the kind of way I would look at it. There's some real blood and I don't know if there's gore, but at one point I want to say you see a severed foot. Yeah, I think this episode was directed by Sam Raimi. Like, it is it is bloody. Once upon a time, multiverse of madness. Did you like this episode? I did like this episode. The murder plot really thickens in this episode, which I'm 100% here for. I also, like, Red, Little Red Riding Hood is a child that runs from a wolf in the forest with a basket. And they have made her way more interesting in this show. She's running from the wolf inside her. Yes, she's running from the wolf inside her. Um, and I agree, there's like really nice parallels between what's going on in Storybrooke and what's going on in, I mean, even just the red-handed, like Mary Margaret is caught red-handed, like red is caught red-handed. Um, and I, I think also it's, there's kind of some nice parallels between Red takes in Snow in the Enchanted Forest and in Storybrooke, Mary Margaret takes in Ruby, who needs a place to stay. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a really good backstory episode. Agree, like, it's it's not a top ten episode, but it's really exciting, and I think it does a really good job of setting up Ruby's character, of setting up what's going on with this murder plot. Like, it's exciting. There's also a parallel between Peter and David. You think David is the killer. Mm -hmm. You think Peter is the killer wolf. And it turns out, so far, we know Peter isn't the killer wolf because he gets eaten by Ruby in very horrifying fashion. I mean, he is pleading with her not to do this, and she eats him, like, while chained up to a tree. I, that might be the worst way anyone dies in this entire series. Like, just brutal. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, he's he's pleading for his life. And it's also very clear that uh, Red and the wolf don't, like, they don't have any memory of the other, like. Also another parallel, because yeah. it could be, we think that David is blacking out. So mm -hmm. Ruby is blacking out in the Enchanted Forest. David is blacking out, it seems like, in Storybrooke. Yeah, I think they did a good job of mirroring this. Like, yeah. this was a, a back to the way things should be. I think there's a lot of, I love all of the fairy tale references in this, too. Yeah. Like, Peter and the Wolf is great. I don't know if we would call that a fairy tale, but it, sure. I call it a classic story. Sure. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood. I feel like there's a little bit of like a like a Frankenstein element, which is not a fairy tale going on here, but like the villagers with pitchforks coming after the monster. And we do see Dr. Whale. Yep, we do see Dr. Whale, which way to throw a spoiler out there, Roger. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
He Peter also makes a Three Little Pigs reference at the very beginning, which is uh, kind of cute. And Henry makes a Red Riding Hood. Henry reference. does. He, I love how he's like asking Ruby questions, trying to like. He's like, I think you're Red Riding Hood. Let me. Would you Would you like to uh, be a messenger and carry things in a basket? What about walking and carrying things in a basket? <laughs> yeah, he's not very subtle with it. Not subtle. As a ten year old boy, probably shouldn't be. Who do you want to start with, character wise? Um, I want to start with Granny. Granny, we've had, we've seen quite a lot of Granny throughout the show, but like kind of in the background. So in addition to learning more about Red and Ruby, we learn a lot more about Granny here. Um, love when Granny and Ruby are arguing at the beginning of the episode. Like, those are some nasty barbs that they're throwing back and forth at each other. Granny has always thrown some nasty barbs before. Like, she hits Mary Margaret with a pretty bad one. She hits Ruby with a pretty nasty one in the first one. But this is the first time Ruby fires back. Yeah. And it gets, like, I think she makes August laugh. <laughs> she does. She makes that comment about how Granny looks like Norman Bates' mother. How Norman Bates looks when he tries to dress yeah. as Norman Bates' mother. And you see August just, like, chuckling in the background. I was like, that's, that's an excellent fight. Um, she assumed Ruby was flirting. In this case, she actually really wasn't flirting. She was actually just curiously talking to someone who had seen the yeah. world. She's always mad at Ruby for whenever she wants to talk to a boy. I mean, the opening episode is, you know, you were trying to sleep your way up and down the eastern seaboard. Why is she so mad at Ruby? Ruby's a young woman. Why can't she live her life? I mean, it's interesting when you think about the parallels between the storybook and Enchanted Forest plots here. Because clearly, like, I don't think Granny in the Enchanted Forest has a problem no. with Red having a boyfriend. She has a problem with Red maybe uh, eating her boyfriend. I think she has a problem <laughs> with her having a boyfriend because that boyfriend's life is in danger. Yes. She's not trying to protect Ruby. She's trying to protect the boyfriend. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's it's very typical of the curse to, like, exacerbate someone's worst personality traits. And here she's, like, taken that to an extreme degree. Um, I mean, she basically slut shames Ruby constantly. Yeah, yeah. I even wrote down a second example of slut shaming. In a show full of badass women, I would argue Granny might be the most badass woman. She's such a badass with that crossbow. Crossbow. She's got that, like, awesome scar. <laughs> she tells a story that makes me, like, kind of terrified and sends chills down my spines back in the Enchanted Forest. I mean, she is a... She's a badass. I mean, there's really no better way to describe it. She is a badass. I don't love her decision to lie to Ruby for her entire, sorry, lie to Red for her entire life about the fact that she's a werewolf. Like, I don't. Also, how did she hide the fact that she previously was a werewolf from Ruby? Red, gosh, sorry. <laughs> well, she's of old age at this point, and she said it faded. So by the time she may have come into Red's care, it may have been gone. That's true. Uh, my understanding was that she's been raising Red since she was a small child, but maybe that's not Yeah, but it. even if Red is only, let's say, like, 18 to 20, it, Granny is of an advanced age that could have faded in her 40s. Like, it could be essentially the version of menopause for her. Like, it left, it left <laughs> the werewolf is okay, just gone. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, she throws one of the more uh, painful zingers at Snow. You stupid, careless, ridiculous girl. Yep. Damn! <laughs> not wrong. But damn. Yeah. But also, like, very nice of her to take in this uh, young woman that was sleeping in her chicken coop. Stealing their eggs, in fact. And letting her sleep in a bedroom with a murderous werewolf. <laughs> yeah, the opening scene, I think I even asked this question. It's like, what was the whole play here to, like, sit outside the door and, like, point the crossbow? Which is like, I get what you're saying. She was protecting from the villagers, but I don't think Ruby, Red, the wolf really needed protection. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that there's a lot of twists in this episode that I really like. Um, and I think that's one of them. Like, you're meant to think 
that Granny is like really terrified of this wolf and then it's going to attack Red. Like the red repel the red cloak repels the wolf and like all of that. She isn't and a then- lie. It, it's true it's not a lie um and we later learn like yeah she was likely protecting red the wolf from the villagers um or to protect red from getting out to attack villagers which she did not do a very good job of okay that's the other thing i want to talk about <laughs> look most people who have been teen everyone's been a teenager and most people have teenage kids you really don't know how to keep a teenage girl in a room yeah I mean, they have, like, that grate that goes over the fireplace. Like, couldn't she have just, like, locked the door, like, put some sort of bars on the window? Like, I don't think Red would have questioned it because they're trying to protect themselves from a murderous wolf. Or just tell the girl. I mean, like, look, I know you want to have social life, but during wolf's time, you are a murderous wolf. Stay inside on on your cloak and then you can go live your life any other time and you'd be good. I think we could have, a lot of death could have been avoided here. Granny also doesn't try very hard to dissuade the hunters from hunting the wolf. She says like, just let the wolf have, you know, a few sheep. It's no big deal. Like, just let that happen. Which it, it seems like up until this episode, Red, and it's possible that Red only recently got her wolf powers. I don't know when they manifest in Mm. a child. Um... But it seems like she's only been killing livestock up until now. So I guess Granny isn't as horrible. But then she murders, like, 25 hunters. And in a field of bloody snow. Like, that was just terrifying. Discovered by snow. Discovered by snow. And somehow a bunch of the blood got into the well. I don't know how that happened. Like, I'm assuming did she the wolf s- throw a body in there? She threw some bodies down there. But it wasn't just bloody water. Like, the bucket was full of blood. Yeah. Like, viscous blood. Maybe she killed them and, like, she's been killing so much that the water stream is poisoned. But I don't know. It, it was it was very dark uh, to see that. Yeah, you definitely were like, hmm. Also, we find out Granny was a wolf, as they talk about, and that her, I'm assuming presumably her husband, because it says her grandfather was it also a wolf. Red's grandfather. Red's yeah. grandfather, presumably her husband at some point, marked her to be a wolf. So she had been through this before, which kind of maybe explains why she didn't want to tell Red about the burden if she had seen her husband go through mm-hmm. this. So there, she had some experience with this. She also shoots the wolf with a silver-tipped arrow, and it just drops her, but I don't see any injuries on Red when she transforms back. Are we meant, I think we might be meant to believe that the wolf is so powerful that uh, like a crossbow shot doesn't hurt it, especially if it's not to the silver tipped arrow to the heart, or that when she transforms, it sort of magically removes some of the injuries that she may have had. I think it's a little unexplained. Because we also don't see blood on her, so maybe it's it's just all that goes away magically. And, And, you know, Granny is a badass. And I don't think that she was needing to kill the wolf. It was so. shoot to subdue, not yes. shoot to kill. Her phaser was set to stun. And we know that Granny doesn't miss. No, Granny does not miss, whether it's a verbal zinger or an actual arrow. Uh, I think we've talked about Ed, uh, Red a decent amount. Though, we we did confirm Little Red Riding Hood and we confirmed the wolf, which is a nice play. Her attack plan is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Let's go catch it while it's sleeping during the day. And I love how Snow is like, this is bad. No. <laughs> I feel like there's actually a common theme in the story. David does it a lot where where he like has a conversation with someone and like they're trying to co- like get a point across. And Snow does it too, actually. People do it to her. And and it seems like they get it. And they're like, I'm going to do this. And you're like, oh, no, that's that's not what I meant. Please don't do that. 
you took what I said the wrong way and are now taking this the wrong direction. Um, I also want to talk about Ruby and Dr. Whale. Dr. Whale continues to be a creep. When he's talking to her at the bus stop, I feel like that is her response is like the most relatable thing as a woman that I have ever seen in my entire life, which is like to not really engage him, but also not tell him to go away because you're like kind of afraid that he might get mad if you tell him to leave. So she just sort of is talking to him and is like really unenthused. That moment felt like it was written for women who would relate to that. Because as a man, I was like, it didn't really feel that creepy. But admittedly, I've always been the man in that scenario. I mean, not that I go up to random women and start talking to them like a lecherous fool. But yeah, that didn't seem that creepy to me. But I guess having to engage him just to make sure that you don't piss him off is pretty sad. Pretty standard. I mean, we haven't seen behavior from Dr. Whale that indicates that he would get pissed off. But I just always assume that men will get pissed off. Well, and also, when Emma and... Mary Margaret walk up, Emma definitely seems disgusted that he's talking to her. Like, he definitely is like, yeah, it's time for you to go. Yeah. Like, he's older than her, for sure. Like, he's Ruby's... definitely quite a bit older than her. Yeah. I think we're meant to think that Ruby is, like, in her early 20s. Yeah. No, she's certainly a young girl, and he is a predatory opportunist. We've already established that. Mary Margaret also seems very awkward when she's... I think it's the first time they've probably seen each other since, you know, that fateful... Probably. So, they're like, oh, Dr. Whale! <laughs> I love how the continue the awkward interactions between Dr. Whale and Mary Margaret will continue. <laughs> I hope it's not because of me. Why would you think that? <laughs> Burn from snow uh, or Mary Margaret. So good. Yeah, I mean, other than that, really, I think Ruby finally gets some actual um, character development in this episode. Yeah. She... She learns who she that she's good at something, which is something that she's struggling with throughout the episode. She's a pretty good tracker. Yes, which, I mean, she teaches. We learn that she is the one that taught Snow how to track because Snow's terrible. Like she yeah. apparently has no she's idea like, what she's doing. Is in the this woods. a wolf print? <laughs> and it's like a rabbit, like a dog. Sure, I get the first one. Like I would maybe think that dog prints were wolf prints. They could be similar. A rabbit though. Rabbit's feet are not even shaped like that's not not even close. <laughs> not even close. Uh, she's a naturally good admin assistant, answers the phones, is able to help people real quick, takes messages. I don't know that she delivered the message to Emma or not, though. I did notice that. She said, do you want me to have you call her back? The first call. Oh. And then she talks to Emma, and I don't think they talk about that, which, whatever. But it was just kind of funny, so maybe she's not that good. But, gosh, the in the woods thing. When she just, she hears David breathing. Like, that must be what she hears. Yeah, well, that, that's one. And then she just discovers the heart. Yeah, I mean, Emma had a hunch and told her where to go. Yeah. And there was, like, a giant piece of plywood, so it did look kind of suspicious. But, yeah, she discovers that heart. Also, the horror carries over from the Enchanted Forest in the storybook. There is a heart in a box. Like, how do you get over seeing that? Also, whoever did this, that is the worst job I've ever seen. You were clearly hoping someone found that. Oh, yeah. Because you hit it in a trinket it's box. It's too easy. It's too easy. And it's just under a little plywood board. Like, no one... You would throw that in the river if you were really trying to cover that up. And let it get washed downstream. When it just doesn't... Like, Catherine was leaving. Like, I don't... I It, like, doesn't quite make sense. Like, uh, this whole plot doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense. We... The, the viewer knows that Catherine was leaving. No one else knows that. Only person... You just heard David say that, which sounds like a lying, cheating husband would say... Regina also knows. Correct. <laughs> You're right. The person who's behind all of this knows, 
And she's probably not going to reveal that. But no one else who actually has like good intentions actually knows this thing. So all we know is that they were discovered having an affair, and now David's husband's or David's wife is missing after slapping Mary Margaret a well-deserved slap, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, no, it, it, it the plot actually makes more sense if you forget what you know and remember what they actually know. That's true. That's true. That is a good point. Um, I also, I can't, we were talking about this as we were watching. I can't figure out what is causing David's blackouts. That It's clear, it, it must have something to do with Regina. Like, she's clearly trying to plot this. I just don't understand what caused it. So I had a couple theories. A, Regina's dosing him, which wouldn't be that hard to do. With what? I don't know. I mean, like she, sleeping meds or something? Yeah, something, right? Okay. Like she's like drugging his coffee or something like that. Because we know he's very predictable. It That's wouldn't true. be that hard to drug his coffee at Granny's. <laughs> do you think even though Catherine is gone, he still gets coffee at 7.15 a.m.? Yes. And gets Chinese takeout on Thursday? Yes. 100%. <laughs> I think he has not changed his routine at all, unless he's blacked out. Or it's a side effect of his coma slash cursed memories kind of being there but not being there because he's probably struggling with the fact that there's like two lives so i could see that his brain is in a weird spot well yeah and like why is he remembering like what caused him to remember something from the enchanted forest we don't know that yet sorry apologies i don't know either (laughs) excellent question yeah uh so yeah i think either one of those the other thing that i noticed when he's in the woods he has a like a look on his face that kind of seems like he's in a trance. The only other person I recall going through that was Graham. When Graham was kind of having his little mental breakdown. Mm, I think... I, I, I would say that those are somewhat dissimilar. Because Graham is aware of what's going on. Like, he's having a mental breakdown. Yeah. But he's not, like, asleep. Like, David barely interacts with Mary Margaret. Yeah, sure. It's different. It's just the closest that yeah. I saw. Like, he doesn't, like, Graham is awake, but he doesn't seem fully in control. He's yeah. starting to kind of lose it and unravel. David seems like he's sleepwalking. Yeah. Similar to the way that he just randomly left the hospital that was right next to the woods. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's just the closest that I remember seeing. Also, I love that his best defense is he's a terrible liar. That's the only reason, really, that Emma's like, yeah, liars have better stories than... I can't answer that. I mean, that actually is true, though. Yeah. Like, if you... On a normal day, you wouldn't really remember what you did if you didn't murder someone. Like... <laughs> you don't just have airtight alibis for all of your whereabouts all of the time? I can barely remember what I did yesterday. Um, but if I murdered someone, I would probably remember it and make up a really good story about exactly what I did. When in reality, you should just leave it vague and then no one will ever know. Just leave it vague. Uh, also very perceptive of what Emma's really asking when he she's asking Whale. That was, a, that was a very good intuitive line, which is something the whole family's pretty good at. Uh-huh. They're very, including Henry, they're very intuitive. That's true. I also, Regina, when Regina shows up at the hospital as David's emergency contact, because somehow that <laughs> reverted to Regina when Catherine left, I... I don't... She, like, is sort of defending him. Like, I'm, I'm not sure why... Yeah, why doesn't he... Oh, no, I know why. So... <laughs> Please. I, the reason is that she's not going after David. Mm. She very clearly wants someone else to be... Because if you go back a couple episodes, when this whole thing with uh, Sydney and Emma started like getting together, Sydney very clearly tries to push her towards believing Mary Margaret's the one who did something bad. And then, you know, Emma just dismisses out of hand, so they kind of have to pivot. 
So that makes sense. It's very clear who the target of this is. And I guess if she is seen trying to defend David, it makes her look less guilty. Yes. I like how she just appears out of nowhere as the emergency contact, throws a nice zinger at Emma, and then that's it. I've seen enough. She's really doing a good job of being Mr. Gold the last two or three episodes. Arrives, fuck shit up, and then I'm out. Yeah, her delivery of that line <laughs> of like, you've, you've checked this room. Well, you've covered this room. <laughs> So condescending and so hateful. I, I love Regina in this episode. I love Regina too. Um, this is just a random little thing that I noticed throughout the episode, which is interesting. So we basically never talk about religion in this show, other than the fact that the fairies are nuns. But there's, there's like no addressing of religion. Uh, other than when we go to hell. Sure. But still. Um... Red and Granny and everyone that lives in their village says, oh, my gods, instead of, oh, my God, which I think is fascinating. So apparently they are polytheistic. That makes sense, though, because, I mean, we will later come across, I believe, some of said gods. Sure. Yeah. So no, that, that is an interesting turn of phrase, though. I did not catch that because I'm used to hearing, oh, my God, mm-hmm. but they do say, oh, my gods. Um, they also are in a world with magic and they've seen seen godlike beings. Sure. I mean, you, one could very easily mistake the dark one for a god considering all the Absolutely. power that he has. Absolutely. There's one character we haven't covered yet, but I want to save her for the end because I feel like she's kind of the central part of what we're going to talk about at the end. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? Um, we talked about how Mr. Gold is not in this episode or Rumpelstiltskin. Um, I do wonder if Rumpelstiltskin was mentioned in this episode. Uh, Granny says that she bought the cloak for Ruby off of a wizard. Hmm. And I don't know who else that wizard would be. I suppose it could be the sorcerer's apprentice. Uh, but it, it made me wonder if it was Rumpelstiltskin. That could have been an allusion to Rumpel. That could have been the sorcerer's apprentice. Mm-hmm. It could have just been a random magic user, but that seems to me to, I think, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. Because of that hood and things like that. And if it were Rumpel, there would have been some sort of mention of, I had to give something. Well, she said she paid. She didn't say what she paid with. She, yeah, she did say, she said I bought it off of, as Mm -hmm. opposed to normally when you make a deal with Rumpelstiltskin, you had to give up something. That's true. It um, does work, though. It's not... She didn't buy it from some, like, random peddler. Yeah. That it, it, it actually does keep her from turning into this a This isn't wolf. Archie's parent selling snake oil. Yes. This person knows what they're talking about. Um, I want to talk about Emma real quick. That was kind of the second to last character. Sure. I like that she realizes that something is wrong with this whole murder investigation. Like, things are not adding up. Yeah, okay, there's a random phone record that David can't explain, but his lie is so bad that it's like it, it just doesn't seem right. One of the more... I think poignant scenes is when she's talking to Mary Margaret and she says, well, the last thing we've seen was that she left town after giving you a well-deserved slap and Mary Margaret looks very hurt. Yeah. Like very hurt. Though I can't imagine that she didn't understand that even Emma would understand that what you were doing was wrong. Well, and Emma does say that she, she doesn't necessarily feel that way, but that everyone else will. I think Emma's lying. I think Mm. she was covering. I, I think she did believe it and then was like, oh no, I'm just, Preparing you for what other people will think. I it was see. like, you also believe. I mean, there's no way. She even told me, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, of this course, is wrong. Of so, and I think Mary Margaret knows what she was doing. Like, if this had been the inverse and she was married with Charming and someone was trying to sleep with her, she wouldn't have been like, oh, I understand that you love my husband. She would have slapped the taste out of their mouth. That's true. That's true. This is also not the first time that Emma will, will solve a murder by realizing that it was too easy to solve the murder. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> 
Also, I loved how annoyed Emma looked when Mary Margaret offers her loft. Oh, yeah. Emma was like, seriously? I mean, they live in a loft with no doors. So having a third person seems a little rough. I don't know. It's like a big sleepover, right? I guess. I guess. A big sleepover. You wouldn't want to stay in a dorm with Snow White, Red Riding Hood, and Emma? <laughs> I don't think I would. No. Hmm. I think I'm good. I'd prefer my own my own room. Fair enough. Okay. Let's talk about the, the last one. Snow White. Not the subject of the episode, but big part in both Storybrooke and The Enchanted Forest. Mm-hmm. So she's hiding in a chicken coop. That's <laughs> when we come across her. This is post... Um, Huntsman episode we've learned because she's yeah. on the run but pre-Charming episode yeah, so because she's she, never met Charming she's not falling she even talks about how oh that must be nice you have someone you're with we hear Mary for the first time that's true we and do she, and she is referred to as Mary not Mary Margaret so in a few episodes when I was calling her Mary there was precedence for this well she initially says Margaret and then says no Mary yep. so clearly she has some sort of connection with this name I also love when Red asks if she's stealing the eggs and Snow says no and then she says not many. <laughs> She's holding up the two little eggs. Sad little homeless girl. Yeah. Uh, I like that she finds the dead bodies in the snow. Like, very horrifying, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And, and the look on her face, right? This is one of the things I've talked about before. She's good at emoting. Like, terror. Like You, you don't yeah. know what she's seen at that point, but she's just, like, frozen. Like, just... Eh. Also go back real quick frosty as her cover name (laughs) amazing so bad (laughs) like really no that's 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 not my name that's not even plausible i i like their relationship too like having snow have a peer yeah Um, like a sister yeah that i mean she's red is very understanding like she knows she knows that snow is lying to her and is fine with it she's like i just need something to call you it doesn't matter what it is Yep, no, I, I, yeah, I like their relationship. Um, in a way, it parallels what we'll see later down the road with Snow and someone else, but, like, they kind of were the sister relationship. And, and they play off each other very well, both in Storybrooke and in the Enchanted mm-hmm. Forest. Uh, she couldn't track to save her life, and then picks it up within the course of the episode. Like, she realizes, that oh, that's a half-boot, half-wolf. Yep. So she's a very fast study. She's very astute. Yeah. And I, Red's a good teacher, apparently. Yeah. Also, I do love that she her plan was to lay in the bed and pretend she was Ruby. <laughs> I know. She thought that Granny wouldn't realize that problem. For the most part, Snow is um, usually put in pretty smart situations, but this was not one of those times. And they kept the cloak. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. That I, I, When Granny says that poor boy, you just know that this is not going to Well, nothing well. would have happened if Red had worn the cloak. Fact. It was literally that she did. It, the, the deception is what ultimately doomed Peter. Yeah. This is why you shouldn't lie to people. This is why you should just listen. This is, again, a precursor to if they just listen to Granny. Yeah. Yeah. Just listen to Granny. And then Mary Margaret. She finds David out in the woods in a trance and still believes him for no good reason. I think... She's adamant. She says, I know I will stand with you. I know you couldn't have done this. If you were having an affair with a man and then his wife went missing, you wouldn't even consider the idea that he might have done this? I think there's I think there's two things at play here. She doesn't want him to have done it. Agreed. And I think the other one is she knows him very well. And if, if someone told me that you were a murderer, I would not believe them. Sure. Totally fair. But if you and I were having an affair and then Jen went missing... I think you'd start to wonder what the hell's going on. 
because the unfortunately those behaviors often go together and we know that he's willing to lie right and he does that he's deceptive and you found him running in the woods around here for no good reason it's true he's lied to her many times and devastated her but she does feel that she doesn't or that she does know him and that he's not capable of this also i like that it's suspicious to her and everyone else that he's randomly wandering in the woods, but gold randomly wandering in the woods. No problem. No one's shocked by this. Twice, twice we came across woods just, or him, gold in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the night, and everyone's like, eh, all right, the spot of gardening. Or <laughs> I was making a business deal with a briefcase full of cash. <laughs> totally fine. Or he went to the store one night with duct tape and a rope. Yep. Yes, he did that. The things they choose to question. He did. But you're you're right. I mean, she even defends him when Emma, she thinks that Emma's coming to arrest David when they find out that Catherine is in fact dead. And she defends him again. Yeah, 100% says there's no way he could have done this. And then she's genuinely shocked to find out that she's actually the one being arrested. Which, that itself seemed too easy. Your fingerprints are inside this trinket box that... It gets even worse in the next episode. Oh my goodness. Like, whoever did this, that was stupid. They, they just come on now. Like, this is like, oh, so you were so sloppy that you didn't wear gloves. You then cut out the heart as a trophy. But you didn't keep the trophy. You buried it in a trinket box that you put your fingerprints all over and then tried to cover it with a slab of wood. It also, like, doesn't really make sense from a... Like, I understand that the toll bridge is a place that is meaningful to David and Mary Margaret... And, like, why would you bury the heart of the man who you're having an affair with's wife at the place that is meaningful to you? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Excellent point. <laughs> I, I want to think about his dead wife every time I come to this place that we love. I mean, this was kind of a horror episode, so yeah, maybe they're sick people. They're sick people. Um, I do like that Mary Margaret makes the right decision and tells Emma. Because at first, yeah. it seems like she was going to just defend David no matter when. And she's like, actually, this didn't make a lot of sense. Emma needs to know that he was out there wandering in the woods. Emma thinks she really trusts Emma. And Emma yep. Emma does not think that David did it. Yep. And I also, you, it's pretty clear that Emma doesn't think that Mary Margaret did it either. I, I think she questions whether David could have done it when they're having the discussion with Whale. Because he picks up and she's clearly asking, like, is he capable of doing other things while he's in this trance? And he knows it and she, that's really what she's asking. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think she believes that something something doesn't smell right here. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Anyone else you want to talk about before we get to our wrap-up? I don't have anything else. Do you? I'm good. I think we've covered everyone. It's a good episode. Let's talk favorite moment. Mine is when Ruby calls Whale a lech. <laughs> It just it just felt very fitting. Good word. Good word. <laughs> it's a good word. Was that like a go girl type moment for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I wish she had called it to his face, but it it felt very relatable to me to see hear her say it to her friends after he leaves. Fair enough. I also like that he was they were at a bus stop and Emma says, "Well, there are no buses out of town." I know, she just accepts the fact that you can't you can't take a bus out of town. Or like I have actually never seen a bus. Mm -mm. At all. Which like, is, to travel within town. Except for a school bus. To go back to our question from the pilot, how the hell did Henry get out of town? He must have walked. That's a long I walk. I know, it's a long walk. And who just, like, and there, it's not like there's a bus stop at that diner that's out of town. He must have, like, hitched? Like, who picks up a 10-year-old kid and lets him hitch? The, the same town that sees him with a random adult and goes, ah, that sounds okay. Yep, okay. same. Uh, my favorite moment is the sparring match. 
between Ruby and Granny. It's good. It's really good. August laughing is exactly how I felt in that scene. Like, it was fantastic. They went back and forth. Kind of Ruby Strikes Back was good. They throw some good zingers at one another. Like, it it was hilarious. Because she, Granny absolutely slut, slut shames Ruby, and Ruby absolutely just was like, listen, you old bitty. Yeah. Like, it was, it was fantastic. I love it. I also, it was very touching at the end yeah. when they uh, come back together and Ruby realizes that she doesn't need this exciting life where you find hearts and boxes. <laughs> um, and Granny says she's proud of her, which is really sweet, but then, like, won't say it again. Um, you heard me. Yeah, you heard me. Uh, which is very fitting for their personalities. Uh, yeah, it was a nice uh, may all mothers and daughters be reunited. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Most ridiculous moment? I didn't have a super ridiculous moment, though I do agree with yours. Regina's appearance as the emergency contact once again felt ridiculous <laughs> to me. I'm glad she was in the episode because she throws that zinger, but I was like, come on. This was a very Rumpelstiltskin like, hello, dearie. I'm going to pop up, do my thing, and I'm out. It's true. That's true. Mine is that Granny tried to keep a really big secret from Red. She tried to keep the fact that she turns into a wolf every time it is the full moon from Red. And then people died because of it. How many lives do you think were lost because of that secret? It's a lot. Too many. Too many lives. Too many. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that was a pretty ridiculous... I think there is some justification knowing what she knew about probably her husband. But it was ridiculous. You could have just told her the truth. Who's your loser of the episode? I have two. Uh, I'm debating, but I think I'm going to tie it as well. My loser is for sure David. Hmm. And my other loser is Mary Margaret. Interesting. Um, one of mine is Mary Margaret. Talk to me about David. So here's this is why I think David lost. He's having the blackouts again, which mm-hmm. sucks. Like he, That's what he had when he basically didn't have any memories. He is convinced towards the end of the episode that he must have done this. So he truly believes that he has killed this woman. So he knows that he's emotionally hurt this woman and thinks that he has physically hurt this woman. But that's true. When he breaks down in the pet (sighs) shelter, like when he's like sobbing, because I mean, he didn't want Catherine to die. There aren't many moments that make me think I might almost cry. And that was a close, like the tears were getting jerked here. Like that was a little close. And then to find out, that the prime suspect is now the woman you were having an affair with. And in his mind, if he thinks that she killed his wife, he's going to blame himself. So I think David's a huge loser on this one. And then, yeah, Mary Margaret. I mean, Mary Margaret, obvious reasons. I, I don't uh, think I need to explain She's that. been arrested at the end of this episode. For- After being the town harlot, now she's being accused of potentially being a murderer. It's true. Yeah. Losers. Um, my other loser, which I think is very clear, is Peter. Peter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Peter lost. First, Peter thinks that he's actually a murderous wolf that has killed a bunch of hunters. And he's really upset about that. And then he gets eaten by his girlfriend. So much like David, he thinks he's the killer. And turns out the woman that he loves ends up being the killer or at least could be the killer. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. Okay. Who's your winner? I had a harder time picking a winner. Um, I think it's Regina. Really? I mean, this is what she wanted to have happen. Mary okay. Margaret got arrested. It, it felt a little wrong to choose Regina because she's not in the episode very much. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think we can assume that Regina is making these things happen because of that look on her face when she burned the letters in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. But we don't quite know that she's like how she's making these things happen yet. And it could not. It could be someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I... Uh, that's why I chose Regina. Interesting. I, yeah, I wouldn't have picked Regina on this one because it doesn't feel like she's directly influencing Agreed. things. 
I also would put her closer to the loser category because she's done a if she's done it she's done a terrible job of making this not seem obvious that this is a frame up job. Well, it's working right now. It is working right now. However, my winner in this episode was Ruby. Hmm. So yes, she loses her boyfriend in brutal fashion, but she does come to terms with the fact that she is the wolf. She, after, she finds out that she's good at something, which was a huge thing for her. And she makes up with Granny in a very sweet moment at the end. So it's like, she kind of gets all the things that she needs. She's not going to leave Storybrooke. She's kind of figured out who she is. And I think that's a, she's probably not going to win another episode in the series, but I think this was a clear win for Ruby. Wow, that was a very uh, Chelsea choice there. Someone who uh, discovers who they really are. Well, you had to make the Roger choice on that one. So I felt like we flipped it here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so next week, we're going to watch Season 1, Episode 16, Heart of Darkness. Is this a gold episode? It is not a gold episode. I mean, Rumple is in the yeah. episode, and so is Mr. Gold, but it is a Snow White-focused episode. So we are going to see what happens after she drank that potion where she forgets that she's in love. With oh, her. we finally got the conclusion to that. Yes. Fantastic. So that's, that's what the next episode is. What you looking forward to? Well, that being one... <laughs> Mary Margaret being arrested being the other one. I want to see Emma's reaction to how she's going to deal with this. You know Regina's going to be involved because she's probably going to show up randomly at the sheriff's station and be like, have this woman put on trial for murder. Yeah, and then, where the hell is Catherine? Is that a heart? Whose heart is that? Why is there a random heart buried in the middle of the woods? Also, where the hell is Goldbin? I mean, at this point, we assume that it is Catherine and that she is dead. Yeah. I very much want to know what's going to happen to Mary Margaret. This is, and and how, we know that Snow and Charming get married. So, like, how is he going to make her remember mm-hmm. that she loves him? I it's a, good, it's a good episode. I'm looking forward to it. One more thing I want to point out. We had another character who was in here briefly, but didn't do much, which was August. He's here, but he didn't do a lot in this episode. I'd like to see more of his progression as well. Because he kind of just laughs in the background. And I don't know that we see him again. Yeah, I don't think we do. We will see him in the next couple episodes, though. So Yeah. So that'd be what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Well, be sure to join us for the next episode, Season 1, Episode 16, Heart of Darkness. We will see you next week.